Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome to Cindy and Joe's show. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. You know, the one that matters. <laughs> Listen, you got a lot of baggage right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. But today, we're here, and we're, at, we're talking Red Wings hockey, like everyone likes, you know? Of course we all love Red Wings hockey, and we should definitely love them this year, because this season, they are right smack dab in the middle of the standings right now as far as uh, they're about a 500 team. So they're half and half. They're doing, they've been doing 50% great and 50% they could do a little better. You know, you know what's interesting about the Red Wings though? Is as good as they've, well, as surprising as they've been. They've been. Mm-hmm. One of the things that's the most surprising is the people that are calling for Blash's head. Well, they've been calling for Blashell's head for a while now, but I think they have less justification for doing it now. That's what I find interesting, is that people have been complaining about Jeff Blashell for the last two seasons, and why they're ramping it up now, I'll never know, because I'll tell you, he's done amazing things with this team, considering he's gotten some additional talent, yep. but he's been lacking some. Jacob Verona hasn't been back for a long time. He hasn't had him. That's right, and I, I mean, think Blash is doing better now. Than he's ever done. Well, you look at the team; they're they're one line team, so you know it's it's kind of not it's 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 put strain on the other the play, other players to, to play better. You know, when your top five point getters are the people on the first line and the first defense pairing, you've got a little bit of a problem because usually you you like to get a little mix of it where you have the some you have a second line center who's in the top five of the points on the team because once you get to the, you know, one line team that's that's never really good. So that's, that's that's a credit to Jeff Blashup and the, the way that they're playing this year and the way that they're they're really not playing bad. They're playing five hundred hockey and that's all you can ex- that's all you can expect at this point right now. Sure, especially considering the roster and the challenges they've had, you know, with I mean, look at all the challenges they faced, right? You've had illnesses and injury. You've got the whole COVID fiasco. Yep. You've got, you know, these rescheduled games, yep. shakeups in the calendar. I mean, you know, hockey players by nature are kind of like creatures of habit, yeah. more so than anything else, you know? And they rely on that kind of consistency. And you upset their apple cart in any one area, and it can really throw off their game. And these guys have had upsets all over the place. I think they've done a tremendous job of managing that. You bring up a good point about the COVID thing, because I was looking at the schedule, and there's four games that are postponed. Did you know the Wings were on two-game winner streaks before that game was postponed? Yeah, well, it's a, it's you know what that's what it is. It's a it shifts the dynamic. Yeah, so it like, changes the you're, momentum. You're, you're in a good you're in a good place. You're, right. You guys are humming along. The next game gets postponed, and they really don't do the back to backs like you know in early in the season. You don't really see back to backs in in the early part of the season. So 
you're waiting another four days to play a game. You know, that really messes with the momentum. Well, it's absolutely. And uh, now the rescheduled games have been out. And the one I'm looking forward to is the one I was disappointed I was going to miss it. And that is the Colorado uh, home game. The February 20th. Yeah, it's going to be February 23rd. February 23rd. And I'll tell you, if I don't have anything else on my calendar, I'm going to be down there at, at LCA because there is nothing more charge you up than a game against the Colorado Avalanche on home ice for the Detroit Red Wings or Detroit Red Wing fans. I mean, that's one you can really get into. Yeah, and it's and they've been playing pretty good hockey. Yeah, both both teams are they have a good. They I think got, good matchups really. It's, it's good matchups, and yeah, you're expecting Verona might be back in the middle of February, early March. So that could be a really, really if they get tread water till then, they'll they'll be good. And I think we're going to talk about. The impact that Jacob Brana's return is going to have not only on potential line combinations, but kind of overall with regards to the power play units and so forth. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but let's talk about, before we do that, I'd like to talk about kind of the news of the day, mm-hmm. um, because I think it speaks to the overall approach that Detroit is taking to to the rebuild, and that is they claimed uh, Gamel Smith off waivers today. Yeah, Giovanni's brother. Giovanni's brother, yep. right? And I love Giovanni Smith. So do you. He's he's a dude. I he's like one of my favorite guys, and I call him one of our polka dot players, yep. and I love him. And uh, I just love him because he's gritty and he's tough, and I think he he was something that you know the Red Wings really needed. Mm-hmm. And now we've got his brother joining him. What do you call those guys? They got a name. The for Bash them. Brothers. The Bash Brothers. Yeah. Now come on, it doesn't freaking get any better than that. Is that not a way to define the Detroit Red Wings? They used to have the Bruise Brothers, right? Yeah. Back in the now they got the Bash Brothers, and I think you're seeing a whole. Everything's kind of coming full circle the from the beginning, from back from the 19, you know, late 90s when they had their Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup teams. You're really seeing. I think it's starting to cycle back around. Like I said last week, Stevie's putting the band back together. You know what? And Gamal is more of an offensive guy. He can play. He's a really good offensive player. Giovanni's more of a defensive player, and you both need those. So. It's a good line. It's a good combination of both. And Stevie claimed in my waivers in Tampa Bay, so he. I mean, he, he traded for him in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So he knows what he's getting, and uh, I think that that's that's a very very savvy move by Mister Stevie Y. As I would expect it to be, but I think it also speaks to the again the approach that the Red Wings are taking. We've talked about this for months. The Cindy and Joe show. The geniuses on the Cindy and Joe show, your hometown team, knew that the best approach for the Detroit Red Wings was going to be getting physical. They, We are known to be a physical team. We, they come from a gritty city, and this is how they have always had their successes here. So we knew they needed to get back to a more physical style of play, and I think you can see with the moves that Stevie is making, even the way that Blash had these guys coming out right at the beginning of the season, right out the gate, they were going to set the tone, yeah. and um, that they weren't going to be messed with, and that they were going to be a different kind of team. And I think that this recent move today, this uh, acquisition um, of Gamel Smith uh, just punctuates that and goes to show again the mo- the movement that the Red Wings are making to becoming a more physical presence. That's exactly what they need to do to win hockey games. Yeah, I think I think what they did was they basically got a guy in Smith who, you know, let's let's put it frankly, they want to have a more physical approach to their game, and you know, getting a guy like um, you know, Cider has been physical. 
Yep. You know, Raymond, he's not the biggest guy, but he's been physical. They're not afraid to be physical. Heck, they even had Michael Rasmussen, Rass. They even had him coming out being physical, and yeah. he was kind of a bit of a, and that's, and that's, a, a wussy boy last year. You and, know, we always complained. He didn't use his size. You he didn't use, use your his size. physical strength. You gotta use your size. And you saw them going that way. Again, you can see it in the coaching. You can see it in even coming from guys who don't get physical. Heck, Dylan Larkin, you know, D-Boss getting physical right out the gate this season. So there's no doubt about it. I think That's the, the, I think the biggest part about this Redmonds team is the, how physical they have been. Because I think, I think, you know, they're not the most talented team. So for them to be in the wild card race shows you how... You know, the, they've added elements to their game to where they don't have to be this offensive juggernaut. You know, they're going to be hitting you, and they're going to be playing defense, and they're going to be doing a good job. And Nadalkovich, he's been playing really, really good. You know, he started off really, really slow. Start off slow. He, he I think he had a, a 901 save percentage, but he's he's creeping up in the 910 save percentage uh, area. And when you do that, you're in the top echelon of the league. I think Ned is absolutely the goalie of the future. I made that claim, it was a few shows ago, um, that I love to watch Ned play. He's very athletic. Um, He's a lot of fun to watch. But you're looking at a guy who's so versatile in net. And as soon as it gets dialed in, it just took him a little bit of time to get it dialed in. But once he did... He really showed us what he could do, and that's why I'm excited about uh, Nedeljkovic, and I think he is absolutely going to be a huge part of the foundation of this rebuild um, moving forward. And that's exactly the way you should build it back to front. To our next, top, our next, our next, you know, situation that we have the the, the, the Red Wings in is uh, the bargain bin that Stevie Y is, is. He's a little bit praising the bargain bin, like he's going through the DVDs at Walmart. The five dollar DVDs, uh, you know, he's like, okay, who he's can gonna I, find the blockbuster who, in there? Who, who can I get here that like you know, I got Ned for a third round pick. I got, I got Letty for a third round pick, and they're both playing really really well. And he got Verona, who you know he's injured, but he traded Mantha, which that was still that has to be. I I I love that trade had to be up there in probably the top. 20 moves in Detroit Red Wings history. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely brilliant. I don't care. You could have applied that to any one of the championship seasons. A quite that that acquisition for what he gave up for what he got in Jacob Verana. And first round pick brilliant. and second round pick. And your first round pick oh, got it was brilliant. Your first round pick got Sebastian Kosha, which he's looking like a stud with the Oil Kings too. Like he, the, the, CBY just parades the little bargain bin, and I've been told he's still parading it. You know, he told people that he wasn't going to trade, but that's that never sit. You know, the people I was talking to, they were like, "Yes, yeah, Stevie told everyone he's not trading," but deep down inside, that makes where if someone comes to him, he's going to be like, "Oh, so you know, this is a player I want, and this is what you're going to get me. And if you don't like it, then I'm going to I'm going to take my my little my little groupies." home and we're not going to do business with you so you better you better bring up the the goods to get what you want and that's usually when he he, he wins it he did the same thing in Tampa. he would always say yeah i'm not going to be trading that much you know we're still we're still building we're still building we're still building and then boom he makes the trade because stevie's a brilliant strategist and brilliant strategists never 
disclose the game plan. They, you never, ever, ever show anybody your hand because it you lose you lose position that way. And Stevie knows not how not to lose position. The guy is is smart. I'm telling you, he's reading. He's another one reading the Trump negotiation. You know, he read the art of the deal. I'm certain of it. And uh, he's employing because those if, tactics. If he comes out here and he says, "Oh, I want to make a trade," people are going to come at him being. They're going to say these off the wall trades that really you really don't want to make when you're rebuilding. They're going to waste his time is right. what's going to happen. So and Stevie him, doesn't have time to waste. By him saying, I'm not doing trades, when someone comes off or they're offering something pretty good. Well, and also, they're not watching him to see who he's watching. Right. You know what I mean? And he can kind of fly under the radar. So, no, Steve Steve has learned, learned a tremendous amount in Tampa Bay. He honed his skills there as a negotiator and as a general manager. And the Red Wings are... Getting the benefit of all of that. Yeah. So um, I'm wondering now, since he's perusing the bargain bin, any ideas, any thoughts on where you think Stevie might be going there? Where's he looking? I think he's looking towards Montreal. I think he could do business in Montreal. To the great north he's looking. I think okay. I think Montreal is a team that's kind of selling. And I think that they could give up a guy like a Christian Dvorak. Um, even like a Brian Russ and Pets Pittsburgh. You know, here's the reality of the situation. You know, the people that don't understand is COVID really crunched some of these teams in the salary cap because they thought it was going to go up and everything. So for them to make deals, they're going to have to make backdoor deals where they give up a player to get salary cap relief so they can get what they want. And then that's, that's exactly what's going to open the door for CBY because there's going to be a team that comes up to him and goes, listen, we really like to keep this guy, but we can't, we can't keep him because his salary cap, you know, he's getting paid $4 million and, we need $4 million to get this guy, you know? Yeah, and Stevie's got the room to do it. He's got the money to do it, and he's got all the authority he the, needs to the, do the it. The Red Wings have a brilliant cap situation right now where they, they can take on a contract for two to three years, and it's not going to inhibit them on, on what they do for the long haul, you know? They, they're kind of – they've got enough room to where, you know, Nick Letty's deal is expiring this year. Um, he's got Verona, Bertuzzi, and Larkin locked up, you know? He's got Piranha clocked up. You know, there's there's a lot of avenues he can go to uh, make a deal. And I think he will. And uh, what I'm anxious to see is what happens to the Red Wings line combinations. What does it mean for the power play when Jacob Verana comes back? You mentioned earlier that there's a good chance we may see him again in that game against the Avalanche, uh, which I think would be outstanding. I mean, well, heck, the sooner we can see Verana, the better. But in particular, I hope he's back for yeah. that for that game on the 23rd of February. So what will that mean for the Detroit Red Wings, Joe, when, when Jacob Vronham comes back? How do you think that's going to impact the line combinations? We'll talk about that. It'll impact the, the situation with the lines because, listen, right now they're a one-line team right now. So if you can get another line going, it opens the door for the other lines to get going too because – you know, one line really, you, know, you don't want to be a one-line team. You know, there's a lot of one-line teams in the NHL. You know, the Edmonton Oilers are one, and they're struggling. You know, they're, and they have the two best players in the world. You, can't, you have to have two lines, sometimes three, to be good. You know what's notable? Uh, when we look at the line combinations for the Detroit Red Wings, let's look at their top line. What's surprising you there? It's not Dylan Larkin, no surprise. I'm not even surprised that Lucas Raymond's on that top line. 
But I'm pleasantly, and not even surprised, because I knew this guy had what it took. I knew this was going to be a breakout year for him, and I told him that personally to his face. I told Vladislav Nemetsnikov, this is going to be your breakout year. I made that claim well before the season started. And look who's on the top line for the Detroit Red Wings. None other than number 92, Vladislav Nemetsnikov. That's exactly who's there. And... That is a a very is again pleasantly surprising, but it's working. The line is working. So um, where are we looking at? So then on then the second line we've got Robbie Fabry, Pius Suter, and Tyler Bertuzzi, which I think was an interesting thing when I when it happened, Joe, because you said all along, remember, you felt Bertuzzi should be on the second line because they needed strength on the second line. So Tyler should have been there, and that's where they put him. The question is now this. I think there's no doubt Jacob Vrana is going to be in the top six. Yeah. Who's going to go? What's going to happen? I can. Do you want to take a stab at it, or shall I stab at it first? Oh, I think Nemeskov is going to go to the third line. And I okay. think what that's going to do is that's going to open. The third line is going to get a lot better. Vrana, second line with Suter and Fabry. I think that's a good combination. And then you put Larkin, Bertuzzi, and Raymond together because they're they're a really good line combination together. But I wouldn't be surprised if when Verona comes back, if you see a guy like Zadina come up to the second line. See, now I gotta tell you, I have a difference of opinion with you there. Are you are you done? Because I'll, I'll I'll I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want you to claim that I'm interrupting you. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I think is going to happen. I think Zadina's in a slump right now. Yeah. So I think that what there's you're going to see movement on. I'll tell you the truth, Robbie Fabry is in a bit of a slump too. But what I think we're going to see, um, Raymond. Raymond has has been scoreless for for a while. But I think that you're still going to see him on the top line. What I think is going to happen is I think you're going to see. <clears throat> excuse me. I think you're going to see Zadina drop off and I think you're going to see in those top three lines I think you're going to see um Nemetsnikov Fabry and um and Vrana uh in the top three I mean you could be right you could be right I think well I think when Vrana comes back that's going to open up the team for you know a lot of different situations you know yeah I think you're going to see more of um, wouldn't surprise me if you saw if 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 Vlad gets dropped down to the third line, uh, I think it's going to be to bump Zadina off. <coughs> Excuse me. You got me coughing today. And you're, choke, uh, I you're, think choking. you're choking. I think you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> funny. No, you uh, you're choking. No, I I think you're, you're gonna see You're choking like Zadina and I'm choking and, and like see every zone. time I say it, I say <laughs> No, I think I think you're going to see if you see uh, Vlad drop to the third line. I think you're going to see Verana uh, on the top line. Yeah, I, I could see that, but I think <laughs> I think adding Verana Verana to the second line would be great because one thing Suter needs uh, on his on his his wing is a guy who could who could put the puck in the net. You know, he, he does got Bertuzzi on that line, but Verana's more of an open, skilled kind of open. He's a playmaker. So if you put him on the second line, you you open up Fabry's game, and then, then that that really puts it really puts you ahead of the game from that standpoint. 
You know, the, the other thing, and, and you're talking about us being a one-line team or whatever, and I think if you look at the strength of our centers, that's definitely something that we have to work on. Um, you know, <clears throat> Suter was a good addition, but certainly still not, um, you know, uh, up to uh, the level that, that Dylan Larkin is. And then you got Rasmussen and Valeno, I don't, uh, both good guys, but again, I, I see a weakness there mm-hmm. among our centers, so I think they're going to have to do something about that. But and that may be something that CBY moves toward uh, yeah. in that bargain, you know, that bargain yeah. bin he's looking yeah. at. So uh, he very well may be looking for a centerman. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to the power play I, units, well, I'm I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Yeah, I, I think this is the most the probably the biggest. Uh, I would say, I think this is like one of the bigger things I've had to say, but I really do think that Jonathan Bergen. Will be up at some point this year. I mean, you look at you look at his AHL statistics. He's played thirty games. He's at twenty seven points, and he's playing he's playing really really well for for Grand Rapids. I mean, he's played he's played good anywhere he's gone. I mean, he's he's been a, usually a point per game player. I mean, in the Swedish Junior League in twenty eighteen, he had he had fifty seven points in thirty eight games played. Oh, he's been a stud so far everywhere they've put him. Um, question is, will he be able to handle the the big, you know, the big show pressure? Well, well when he's he's in the AHL, I mean, he's he's shown that he can play, he can play at the, at that at that level. And I don't I don't doubt his playing ability, Joe. What I what I'm concerned about is getting up to NHL and kind of and being able to handle the environment. Right. Not that he couldn't handle the skill, yeah. but can he handle just the environment? Uh, it's very different. Than, than being with the Griffins or, or with the Junior League, uh, the Swedish Junior League. So, um, but I think he absolutely deserves a look and deserves, I, I will, I will go with you on this one. I absolutely think Bergen is, um, demonstrating and proving himself worthy for a shot. They need to test him, him in an and, NHL environment. Him and Valeno have been absolutely dynamic in, in, in Grand Rapids. And I think if there's, a, if there's an injury to the center position, before Stevens comes back, I think if if by happen chance like Erasmusen gets hurt and a suitor gets hurt for a short period of time, I think that's when you're going to see Bergen and uh, Delano back up at the big club. I think they absolutely. Uh, I think he deserves a shot at it, and I do think it would be wise for the Wings to <clears throat> see what he can do because um, that's. Uh, that he could add a tremendous amount of value if he can handle the pressure and if he can handle the environment of the NHL. I think Bergen could be a huge uh, addition for the Wings. Oh, for sure, and I think that that's something that they that's something you know center position is really a, a glaring need that they need a second line center. You know, you look at the Boston Bruins. You know, back in back when they had David Krejci and uh, Patrice Bergeron. You know. Those are two good centermen who could who could lead the charge for the offense uh, on, on on that end, but they're also good defensively and good on their own end. So, I think Stevie Y is playing it quote carefully that he doesn't want to bring up someone at the you know bring up someone too early and then they they really aren't ready for the big club. Steve is known for that. Steve is known for being very judicious about moving up uh, his AHL guys. Uh, up into the, up into the big club, um, you know, but his young guys, he's very protective of his younger guys because he knows what can happen if they are managed incorrectly. So uh, that's always been a strength I think Steve's displayed. Uh, I think the the most impact though, more so than on the 
on the, the line combinations, I think Verona will have the greatest impact in the power play units yeah. because his return is going to allow Jeff Blashill to make some very dynamic changes or he can have a tremendous amount of impact uh, now having Verona in his power play unit. Yeah. Um, I think it'll help strengthen the second unit because he can put Verona in that first unit and then move one of his stronger first unit players to his second unit. So I, I think that's where I think that's where Verona's really going to have impact. Oh, I agree totally. I think that they, I think Verona coming back it, it really broadens the team because right now they're kind of a little bit limited to what they can do and and the, the firepower that they have. So if you can if you can get a guy like Verona, bring him back to the fold. You can you you expand the power play. You expand the uh, first second line, and you're kind of you're kind of making it better than it was before. Either way, we are in a better position with Jacob Verona back in the lineup. I think Steve's going to bring on some surprises. Gamal Smith coming on, uh, bringing in the Bash brothers. I love that. And, uh, again, all movement in the right direction for the Detroit I, Red Wings. I think, I think if, you're, if you're a Red Wings fan, all you have to do is hope that you tread water, stay at 500, or, or, or get above 500 all the way until Verona comes back. Because I think when Verona comes back, it'll be such a lift for the team. That they will win. They'll have, they'll go on a really nice winning streak, and I think they could definitely make make the playoffs if they if they get that. And I think that is going to be something we're going to be talking about in coming weeks, maybe even next week when we start really talking about uh, after we clear the trade deadline and, and all that stuff. When we really start talking about the trajectory for the Red Wings to get into the playoffs, and I think you've got some great analytics that yep. we're going to share start sharing with people. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in fact, catch us, I think, in our next segment uh, when we're going to talk about uh, my my co-host, Joseph P. Chap, has, in fact, patents pending on his player analytics. We have a real star in the analytics ranks sitting right here. I feel no, almost... No, ah, no, 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 I feel no. as if I'm not even worthy to sit next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if I if it gets me a job inside the front office with Stevie Y, I'm all for it. If it even gets me next to Stevie Y, I'm <laughs> using it too. Well, I, I know, I know, I know where you're going with that. Woo! So next thing we will be talking about the Lions and their boom or bust ratio for the draft. Let's do it. Join us in the next segment, but you know, wrote the rubbings. I both think we're both in agreement that if they just hold steady, they, that could be. Did they the two games that they have at the. Um, this week with the Dallas and Nashville, I think you have to win at least one of them. Oh, I think they've got. I think uh, if they take both of them, it's a defining moment. Uh, if they beat Dallas for sure, but if they beat Dallas and Nashville, defining moment for the Detroit Red Wings. And if they split it, puts them in a very good position, and they'll at least uh, have re- kept that respect that they've earned so far. Oh yeah. And the next time, join us for the Lions conversation.